Big Thinking About the Future, from the IF Conference 2011. Amanda Renshaw, Editorial Director and Deputy Publisher, Fiden Press. The Art Museum, a resource unparalleled in any medium. I'm Amanda and this is my assistant, Henry. Um, this is Welcome to the low-tech presentation. I need a page-turner, rickety table, uh, two copies of the International Herald Tribune to hold up a book. Um, and um, last weekend, last Saturday in fact, I went to see um, the Gerhard Richter show at the Tate Gallery. I don't know if any of you have been to see it. It's the most amazing retrospective. Um, this, uh, the... The uh, exhibition was absolutely mobbed. It seemed like thousands of people. There were probably hundreds all there with their audio guides on. In fact, it became impossible to look at the pictures. There were so many people in the, in the exhibition. Um, he's a very interesting artist, Gerhard Richter. He, I have to admit that I find it slightly soulless, what he does. But this is somebody who, for the last 40 years of his life, has got up every morning, gone to his studio, and worked out, what can I do with paint? And he spends every day trying to do things with paint. He makes abstract pictures, figurative pictures, figurative pictures that are very, very realistic, others that are blurred. I mean, the commitment of this person is absolutely extraordinary. There were so many people in this museum, in fact, um, museum visitor numbers in museums have increased enormously over the last few years. And in fact, somebody told me the other day that more people uh, visit art galleries in this country than actually go to Premier League football matches. Um, way back in 1991, the owner and publisher of Fiden Press asked us to make a museum of our own. Um, he said, imagine that you have an unlimited space and that you can choose works of all kinds from all over the world, no matter how large, how precious, or how difficult to get access to. We could choose whatever we wanted, but there was one proviso. The collection had to tell a history of world art from cave painting to today. Wow, I thought, what an amazing job. You know, I've worked in the art world for a long, long time, and this was a dream job to me. That's what I thought for about 30 minutes. Then it dawned on me, how the hell am I going to put this together? I mean, I know quite a bit, I would say, about 20th century art, but I know nothing about Korean ceramics, prehistoric figurines, classical Greek sculpture. I needed help. So I gathered together a team of around 100 people, art historians, teachers, curators, researchers, and editors, who helped us sift through literally hundreds of thousands of works of art. And we created the Art Museum, which is an imaginary museum housed between the covers of a book that contains nearly 3,000 exhibits, including cave paintings. It also includes Greek sculpture, Roman frescoes, Chinese ceramics, Japanese folding screens, Gothic stained glass windows, Illuminated manuscripts. Rooms devoted to a single artist, here's Cezanne. And rooms devoted to a single theme, here, self-portraiture in the 20th century. Photography. Site-specific art. 
and a pope hit by a meteorite. It took us 10 years to sift through museums and collections, private and public, and in, the, in, the, in our museum we house 2,682 exhibits, and they come from 650 collections from 60, over 60 countries. It's like a museum in that it's organized into 25 galleries, and these are subdivided into 452 rooms, and it's structured like a museum. It has a permanent collection and exhibitions that explore themes or movements in more depth, but it's also not like a museum at all. For a start, it's open 365 days a year, seven days a week and 24 hours a day. There's no shop, there's no cafe, but it's also different in other ways. Physical museums are shaped by so many factors, cost, space, history, politics, and of course a museum's collection is based on what's been inherited. The Uffizi galleries in Florence are based on what the Medici families collected. And the British Museum is based on the collection of a physician and a naturalist. No museum in the world can tell the complete history of art. If you go to the Met in New York, you see the most fantastic old master paintings, Renaissance, um, uh, medieval works of art. But if you want to see 20th century or 21st century works of art, you have to go downtown slightly to the MoMA. We were lucky. We had no Elgin Marbles problem when we put together our museum and no export licenses were necessary. When you're creating a database of this size, there are other interesting problems that you encounter. As soon as something moves into a museum, its function changes. Ezekias, who you see works here, made by, was one of the first named artists. He was actually a Greek potter who made and painted storage jars. That's what these are. These were made to store wine in them. In the museum, we no longer think about their function. We admire their form and the competence of the drawing, but their function goes by the wayside. Another work that was actually made and that had a function was this altarpiece by Roger van der Weyden on the left, The Descent from the Cross. It was made for a small church in Louvain in Belgium, and it was made to make prayer more easy, to celebrate the Almighty. It actually served a function. And the paintings in another room by Vermeer they weren't painted to go in a museum. They were painted to go on the walls of middle-class burghers in the Netherlands. So as the context changes, the function changes. And these functional objects become objects to look at, not to use. It makes you wonder, is a museum actually a mausoleum? Is it a place that objects go to die? It also made us realize that the history of art as we know it is so influenced by what can be or has been photographed. Every art history that you have ever looked at is the history of art that has been photographed. The photographs appear in books and of course on the internet. And I have to say that one of the least useful resources in making this book was something like Google Images. If you key impressionism into Google Images, you get, yes, thousands of pictures, although not all the pictures that are in this book actually appear on Google Images, but they, there's no hierarchy. You get so many of the same pictures repeated. You get many pictures that aren't actually impressionism, impressionist, but they're labeled impressionist. Um, so it's a very, there's no hierarchy involved at all. The fact that our knowledge of art is so based on photography kept leading us to other dead ends, um, and we needed to find ways around these. 
We wanted to include not just the icons of art history, but also lesser-known gems and surprises, things that were so beautiful that we couldn't resist. If you're in Bologna and you leave the main square and walk down a small street, there's a small church. If you go through the front door, walk up the nave, past the transept, in a small uh, chapel at the back, there is this fantastic life-size installation of figures around the dead body of Christ. Um, the African headrests in the book, which is make up a small exhibition, are originally from here on the right, here from Somalia, Ethiopia, and South Africa. And these objects are now in museums in Rotterdam, Raleigh, North Carolina, New York, and Paris. And three of them we had to hunt down from private collections. Surmounting these obstacles needs the eye of an editor, or in fact, in this case, an enormous editorial team. We were dealing with so much information, and our role was to sift through that information, to edit it, to curate it, and make sense of it. Our job was to turn the enormous amount of information into knowledge. The editor's job became increasingly difficult when you have to select works from the recent past, the last 30 years. There are no movements that have been established, so how do you do that? And the selection process was very difficult. There were so many debates about who's going to be in, who's going to be out, who are the new artists that are going to be included. And the inclusion of some of the artists in, these, in this book will actually be very contentious. There was even some discussion, quite a lot of discussion, I have to say, about Damien Hirst. Um, but he did make the grade, and we included some of the more obvious works, like The Shark in Formaldehyde on the lower right, which is actually called The Physical Impossibility of Death in the Mind of Someone Living, and A Medicine Cabinet. Um, and the work on the left-hand side that you see here appears for the first time as a work of art. Over two days in 2008, Damien Hirst sold 223 works at Sotheby's Auction House. The sale totaled almost £112 million. This photograph shows some of the works included in the auction, but it's the event that is the work that's being shown here. We contend that the sale, the organisation, the viewing, and the actual auction of the work are the work. The point being that Hearst's artistic achievement is the successful transformation of art into a commodity. We're not trying with this book to replace a museum. This isn't a substitute. In fact, nothing, nothing, nothing replaces standing in the Sistine Chapel and looking up at the ceiling, or even standing in the Prado and looking at Las Meninas, or even going to Marfa in Texas and seeing this installation by Donald Judd in these ex-army shelves, or indeed going to this beach in Liverpool and looking at these Anthony Gormleys. Art, what is it? We go to look at it. We might even spend our holidays looking at it. And coming back to Richter, so many people definitely spend their Saturday afternoons doing it. We do it often without really knowing why, thinking we should like it, but not really sure how to feel, sometimes wondering what it's all about. And sometimes the whole process of looking and getting it is made so difficult. Museums are so dependent on grants and funding that their main impetus seems to be increasing visitor numbers. They put playground slides in the turbine hall. Great fun, but are they really art? And even the Leonardo show 
beautiful, at the National Gallery at the moment, beautiful though it is, it's very, very academic, and it only contains a handful of paintings that you wouldn't be able to see at the National Gallery on, a given day, on any day of the year. Museums very often put art on a pedestal that's too high. And this isn't a recent phenomenon. In 1963, the Louvre sent their prized possession, the Mona Lisa, to New York. It was for a limited time only. Leonardo could be seen, it was on view at the Met. The publicity campaign must have been enormous because queues formed around the block and a million people lined up to see it. I've nearly finished. To my mind, that was one perfect way to undermine a painting, build it up into a superstar, so that even when you, when you actually get to see it, it can only be a letdown. Even so many people, when they see Mona Lisa today, say, oh, it's so small. I don't see what's so special about it. It is just a picture. It's a picture painted by an incredible human being. And how could it have lived up to the expectation that the museum drummed up? So just to summarize, the aim of this museum is to help you on your journey through this curious world of choice. It's a resource that helps you look and understand what you should be looking at, and perhaps even how you should look at it. The more you know about something, the more you enjoy it. The more practice you have, the better you are at it. The art museum is the location to keep you in shape, hone your knowledge, and develop some of those art muscles you've never thought of trying before. It's also quite heavy. It's different to a physical museum because it provides an extensive overview of art history. It offers different things to the internet and Google art. It's not all-inclusive. It is hierarchical. Its content has been selected, edited, and curated. It's a guide that takes you by the hand and leads you through the history of art. And it's an extraordinary piece of technology. It's a book. Thank you. For more big thinking about the future, go to iq2if.com.